before we get into today's episode, I want to talk to you guys quickly about Condition 1. Outside of playing endless hours of Paper Mario and Fire Emblem, I am a fitness junkie, so replenishing my muscles after an intense workout is important to me. And that is where Condition 1 comes into play. Matt DeMio faced his toughest challenge yet while being stationed in Africa. His diet. Many, like many Marines, Matt wasn't eating real food on a daily basis. As a result, he had constant fatigue and low energy. This is what sparked the idea to make a well-rounded protein bar made from real food. One called a nutritionist, and Condition 1 was born. From soldiers and gym lovers to those with active lifestyles, Condition 1 can help you reach your fitness goals without the dry and chalky taste. Every purchase of C1 helps veteran nonprofits. Condition 1 is exclusively offering our listeners 10% off their next online purchase. Head over to GoCondition1.com and use the code POD10 to get your protein bar today. That is GoCondition1.com and use the code POD10 to get your protein bar today. And now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Switch It Up Podcast, episode four of season two. I'm here, joined again, as always, by my coast, my coast, my co-host, sure, <laughs> my coaster, uh, Colby Moyer. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right on this gloomy Monday. I only had one class today, so can't really complain there. Uh, yeah, lucky you. Had a had a nice weekend. Uh, didn't do a ton, so. Right up my alley. So it's not, that sounds like paradise. It is. Can't really complain. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing okay now. Today has been uh, just one of those days, man. Just pro- projects getting switched up on you. Things just not going right the first time. But, you know, we made it through. And uh, my last class is done, so... I have the rest of the day to myself now, which is uh, always a good thing. So, always, always a good thing. So excited to be rec- to be here recording now. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, thank you to everyone who's tuning in. And if you are here because you read the title of last week's episode, um, we are not backing down in our stance. That was not a direct. That was that a was, partners showcase. That was a partners showcase. That was not a direct. So it wasn't even a mini. It wasn't even a direct mini. No, it was just a partner no. showcase. A ten-minute partner showcase that is not a Nintendo Direct. So not a Nintendo Direct. yeah, so don't bring that here. But <laughs> nonetheless, we did get something. We did get some news dropped from the partner showcase. I, Tyler and I both watched it in its entirety. So I, I just have a few things down here because it's not not everything's worth going over. First thing they show was Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, which is going to be released. November 13th, and they apparently added some new stories. They showed off some gameplay and some bosses, so it's another one of those rhythm, I guess, rhythm in sync battle games, so mm-hmm. could could be interesting. Uh, 
not really geared towards me, but could be could be a fun play for some. Not a I've never been able to get into Kingdom Hearts, so probably gonna pass on that one. It was weird, like nothing in the real nothing in the showcase really like did it for me, you know? No, it not but, me either. But hey, it we still there's still some th- cool things uh, shown off, yeah. so of course we got to talk about those. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was Just Dance 2021 is coming to the Switch. That was probably the biggest news drop, which is not saying a lot. It was somehow the biggest news drop, but still like not very much more interesting than anything else in that presentation. No, not definitely not. Uh, but I mean, with with the Joy Cons and stuff and the more improved motion controls. It probably it could stand to be one of the better like Just Dance games uh, that have been released. Yeah, Just I Dance think, was big on the Wii. So I was about to say, I'll, there are like ancient memories in my brain of me playing that game at in various circumstances. It was like once every blue moon, I'd have the chance to play the game. Uh, one was like I think the Wii version. One was the Connect version at like a different parties or in high school gym class but yeah uh so you know it got me thinking like now that we do have these like more advanced motion controls maybe it stands to be something of note but as of right now uh definitely not something i'm putting on my uh, priorities list no same here uh, i don't share my f- switch with my family so there's no point in, <laughs> no point in our household getting it and the fi- just the final thing i have here Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered, which is already out. It's they released it. They released it. Cool, but it's not something. I was about to say it looks cool, but it's not something I would get. I have not heard good things. Really? I've heard it's surprisingly bad. Oh no. That's not what you want to hear out of a remaster. (laughs) No. So Alpha Rad said anyway on Twitter that he did not like it. So Uh oh, let's do do the file. Let's do the. And that means it must. Crystal Chronicles review. Oh. Is it high? What, what's the score? What's the score? It's not good. It's it's not good. Um, the consensus three is out of no ten bueno. IGN, three out of ten IGN, sixty one percent Metacritic, three out of five screen rant. So. Oh, that means it's also it's almost as good as what they rated Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Sky. This is it's <laughs> so this is, take this that with a grain of salt. Yeah, take that with a grain of salt. But Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered is out. And that's basically that's all I had for the partner showcase. Again, yeah. they said they're going to drop more. They said they're going to drop more later this year. Uh, hopefully, they pack more of a punch in this one. This is definitely the this is definitely one of the weaker video presentations of the year. Yeah, Puyo Puyo Tetris, I think. I did. Yeah, I have that written down too. But I don't know if you want Puyo Puyo Tetris crossover, that's coming out in December. Yeah, I, I saw that. That was just something. I was like, oh hey, Tetris. But yeah, yeah. So that, that's the only other thing I remember. That is all I have for the Partners Showcase. So if you came here expecting more of an in-depth breakdown, uh, sorry, but it when was, was not the a direct. first. When was the first Partner Showcase? Was that last month? Um, I can I or can was, find it. Was that longer? Because seeing how far apart those were spread out might give us an indication of how many more we can expect uh, this year. I, if I if I had to guess, I think there will be two more. I was about to say because I feel I know it probably wasn't last month. That seems a bit too early, but uh, I know we had talked. They had said in the first partner showcase that there would be several more coming out. So, yes, yeah, several. So partner showcase, 
Yeah, you're right. One month ago. Oh, it was one month ago. Oh, okay. July, so. Yeah, July, July 2020. So just barely a month ago. So so dang, two seems if, light now. I was about to say, if it's one a month, then we have four more. Yeah. So yeah. Nintendo yeah. Direct Mini Partner Showcase July 2020, and then but again, just then the, again, like just I, the tail end. Maybe. So we could expect that, or maybe it was just these two back to back, and then we'll see a. A dip uh, in how many are released, but I mean, with how it's going, maybe maybe we can expect one of these things once a month. So we'll have at least something to kind of gauge or uh, or to mark Nintendo's uh, mark on this year. Yeah, the last one showed Shin Megami Tensei Five, so this one definitely was lacking. In oh terms yeah, Shin Megami Tensei. That's right. Yeah, so if it once a month, not a terrible strategy. So it gives us what September, October, November, four more. I would guess three more, and then one of them is an actual direct. But again, who that knows? is, uh, I don't know who about knows, that one. but who knows? Because you would think that we'd get a holiday direct, but who knows? I, 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 there's articles everywhere about does Nintendo need to drop a Switch Pro to compete with Xbox and PlayStation? So I don't. Everyone's. Think- I don't think directs are ever coming back. Like, I think it's just over. They're gone. They're gone forever. <laughs> I mean, I am planning gone. on picking up a Series X uh, when they release. Oh, man. Uh, in November, apparently, uh, based on some, some analysts, uh, have suggested that the digital version will come out one day before uh, the actual, like, regular version. Okay. Uh, I think November 15th? Was, Xbox Series X. was the uh, the analyst predicted date of release? Dang, uh, Black Friday too. How do we get the Black say, Friday release? I believe I saw that on on Twitter uh, that they would be releasing it in November. Uh, but again, that is not official at all. So uh, we're, we're gonna have to rename the show. Switch it up, X. <laughs> I was about to say I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up to see because obviously I'm. Like I, I've lost the rights to my own Xbox One, so it's tough. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm in a similar boat with my brother. I just lost. I didn't even sign it away. I just lost all the rights. Yeah, it's just gone. But, uh, yeah. Now that I mean, hey, now that I, I worked and saved, I can, you know, I, I put some, I can put some aside to, to maybe get that. So yeah, definitely. Looking to be the analyst also says looking to be four hundred ninety nine bucks. So. <laughs> pretty pricey yeah for sure uh, so you know we shall see uh if any of this information is credible in due time uh but that is just one of the of the rumors i heard floating around uh, about the release so all right so next on the docket and last thing i have of note and then we're gonna hand it over to tyler because he has more things than me this episode a uh, new monster hunter game Going to be re- revealed for the Switch very soon, apparently. And Where, I know you so, are you you are a Monster Hunter guy, so so I, I looked at your notes, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, <gasps> and I uh, I was about to take to look at all at like the sources because I saw some videos popping up on YouTube that from like yeah. today talking about it, but I wanted to see what you said first because I figured you would have. Uh, had some more direct information right. to give. So Nintendo, so Nintendo Life posted an article very recently. Rumor: New Monster Hunter for Switch will be revealed soon, according to Capcom Insider. Capcom has told fans multiple times that it won't be bringing its latest home console game, Monster Hunter, 
to Nintendo Switch at the company's 41st annual meeting of the shareholders in June, though, management said it was open to developing a new entry that would be more popular with the high school age bracket. Now, now according to the supposed Capcom insider, Dusk Gollum, wow, wow, who has made some accurate predictions in recent times, the Japanese company is getting ready to reveal a new Monster Hunter game for the Nintendo Switch, and it just says in parentheses, or quotes, soon. This game is allegedly running on a Switch-compatible version of the RE engine instead of the old MT framework engine. So, yeah, there you go. There seems to be a lot of speculation around a new Monster Hunter game for the I, Switch. Uh, Monster I've Monster heard. Hunter, I looked earlier, Monster Hunter is like a top 100 game of all time, like consensusly. Mon- Monster Hunter is, I am very new to the series, but The 2018 is, version, anyway. Yeah, t- Monster Hunter World is absolutely one of my favorite games of all time. I recently was able to get back into it because I, I was like hardcore playing the game until my first year of college when I had to leave my Xbox behind and thus my only way of playing the game. So I got a chance to play it uh, before this year on my break, on the, of course, COVID break uh, that we had. And I absolutely, like I got right back into it. It was like a seamless transition. It's like I never left and it was amazing. They've added so many new updates. Uh, but I've heard talk of Monster Hunter coming to the... So we do have a Monster Hunter game on the Switch. We have Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Which that, that was, is, yeah, that was, the, that was the image they showed in the article. Yeah, that's that a game. port... So that's a port of a 3DS game, I believe. Uh, because you can link your save file from the 3DS game to this new game. Yeah. Uh, I have I did not end up picking that up because I obviously had World, but I've heard, game, I've heard uh, talk of like a new... Like Monster Hunter Switch exclusive game, uh, from as far back as like like a year or two ago. Uh, yeah. So I always expected it to like show up again sometime. Uh, from the way this person said that Capcom was talking about it, though, it sounds like it's going to be a spinoff game. Which you know, depending on how on like what direction they take it, would probably interest me. But like after the absolute majesty that was world i don't know how they can follow that up with anything to be honest yeah so they, apparently they tr- they tried to bring residence evil games to the switch but those are just not coming to the switch is what which ties in which i don't know how it ties into this maybe it's because of the same engine but yeah so the game is allegedly running on a switch compatible version of the resident evil engine instead of the old oh. mt framework so an mt hmm. framework for those who don't know is it's a it's a it's a multi-thread engine created by capcom in 2006 okay. oh well so a 2006 engine for 2020 four, game so let's say 14, 14 years years not ideal <laughs> that that doesn't feel i mean that practice honestly probably isn't as uncommon as i feel like we would reasonably think yeah no because i know yeah. bethesda Bethesda infamously uses their old engines to their absolute breaking point for better or for worse. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. Like, I, I would absolutely love to see more Monster Hunter on the Switch because that's all I currently have to play anything on. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I would absolutely... Because this kind of segues nicely. Seg- I can't... I feel like that was a grammatically correct sentence, but for some reason, I my it brain does. said no. Oh yeah, it segues uh, nicely into yeah, your next. I believe that yeah. segues nicely into uh, something I was going to talk about, which was that Monster Hunter World is receiving its final 
uh, free title update uh, on October 1st. This is it. This is the goodbye. This is the end. It's been nearly two years since release. It released in like January of 2018. So... It, it's been going for a while, and uh, front, you know, a game you know, a game's good when it's getting updates two years after it was released. I was about to say it. So, they've been adding, they've added old monsters from past games. They've added brand new monsters, all manner of event quests, sieges, all sorts of things. And now they're they're finally this is their final update. They're at the final monster they're adding is uh, is Fatalis, uh, a monster from the very first Monster Hunter game. Uh, in the lore, anyway, it's regarded as like the most pow- like the black dragon, like the most powerful monster to ever exist. So it's definitely a good send off to the game, uh, and you know people have wanted it uh, for a while. They've wanted to see Fatalis come back in a major way, uh, and now we have it. And th- uh, the developers kind of do uh, like dev diaries, they call them, yeah, on YouTube, where yeah. they will. Uh, you know, they'll all sit down and they'll talk about the features they plan to add. Uh, it's kind of like a Nintendo Direct, uh, but, you know, just for one, like, update specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they, you know, they just tell everybody what's going on. They go over some patch notes, things they're changing. Uh, and they had a montage at the end of this last dev diary that had just a montage of every th- all the journey that Monster Hunter World has gone through. Uh, and I got to say, like, I've put... Like two hundred or so hours into that game, uh, and even then, like that's before like the major Iceborne expansion, uh, which like just exponent like increased the amount of monsters in the game by just so much. I think about double, to be honest, uh, if I remember correctly. But you know, I I wish I had the ability to play through it like as each update was coming out because. Yeah, you know, it was a just in the base game. I just had an amazing time. So, yeah, it's you know, one it, of those games where every time you replay, it, you wish you had fresh eyes. Like you just wish you could restart your entire experience. Yeah, I mean, my, it's gonna be sad because now you know, because Monster Hunter World World's gonna be ending. Uh, but you know, it's my, you know, now with the Monster Hunter coming to the Switch, and you know, they've they've made a fan out of me with just with yeah. just the one game. So I'll, I'm absolutely. It's kind of like what what happened with Fire Emblem, like they, mm-hmm. like with this latest game. I am now definitely like, I am in it. Like I'm ready for yeah. the next game. What I'm hoping they do is that they release like a, a version of Monster Hunter World on next gen, where it has the Iceborne expansion. It has like everything just already like in it. Yeah, uh, and they re-release it as like the the ultimate version. Yeah, like the the Witcher Three Game of the Year edition has both expansion passes and already. Ended, yeah, so, so. something something like that, where you know it has the base game and Iceborne and all the title updates, uh, and they re-release it because it would be really fun to just relive that journey again uh, on a console that I know I will not get stolen from me. Uh, but yeah, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, I guess that was just an excuse to talk about my experience with Monster Hunter, and uh, I definitely do hope I will definitely be waiting in anticipation for uh, this a switch uh, title to be announced so if they drop yeah. a full if they drop a full version of monster hunter I might have to get it because kind of talking me into it it's so fun but uh, I honestly I'm praying for like a full game but I feel like that's asking for a lot 
based on how I feel Capcom is kind of approaching the Switch as a whole, based on yeah. their limited uh, their limited statements on the matter. So yeah, uh, I guess it's just I guess we just gotta we just gotta wait and see. So as we do most things, and as we do most things. So do you want to save your uh, new uh, discovery for? Yeah, yeah, I'll save after, it I'll after save my it. stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll save it. So, uh, I wanted to start off. Well, I guess I kind of already started off my segment. I'll continue my segment with uh, the Spirit Fair update. I am officially stuck. I have no <laughs> idea. I I'm already stuck. I just I cannot find a way to progress. And you know we we live in such a luxury with the world of the internet where. In most AAA games, you can look up like a walkthrough. Yeah. If you get stuck and you're like, oh, hey, I'm being stupid. Here's where we go. Mm-hmm. You can't do that for this. No. With this being an indie game and also being very, very recently released. Uh, and also, it's a game that doesn't really lend itself well to like Let's Plays or walkthroughs because of the more personalized experience you get and the more slow paced gameplay. I really don't have anything to help me. So I'm just kind of throwing things against the wall and seeing if they stick. What the problem is, is two of the people on my ship, two of the spirits, the next quest in their uh, progression is on the other side of this huge rock barrier that uh, my ship cannot pass through. Uh, It needs a special upgrade to be able to uh, break through the rock. Uh, And the only way to get said upgrade is to get a second spirit flower uh which i do not have because in order to get a second spirit flower you need to complete one of your spirits quest trees Mm. so currently there are two spirits that i have that don't have quests that are specific to like one location but one has has like i need to get a material that i don't know how to get and the other i need to just wait until the next quest of hers shows up so i'm in a bit of a pickle but it definitely sounds like it but but to be honest it really hasn't turned me off the game like i'm still i'm still playing and i'm still having a lot of fun with it so i feel like that says something about uh the game because i had a similar situation with the the paper mario uh but again this would this is probably just a matter of personal taste so yeah Spirit Fair, I'm uh, I'm stuck on Spirit Fair. If any of you have any suggestions, uh, if you if I convinced any of you to pick up the game, uh, please do send them my way. I need your help. Uh, next point. Talked about Monster Hunter World. Uh, I want to talk about Apex Legends. Uh, if any of you have listened to these recent episodes, you know that I am uh, getting back into Apex Legends, and I uh, it's a game that I've talked about before uh, and that I really like. Uh, there was another prediction made by. Uh, some some people on Twitter, I think some other analysts, that uh, Apex Crossplay will be coming next month in uh, on uh, nov- uh, September fifteenth. Uh, I actually did see this. Yeah, so some people are saying that uh, cross-platform play for Apex Legends will be coming next month. Um, so that also then brings up the question of is that also when the switch version releases because switch i no i i don't know the Uh, spoiler uh, alert uh. we have no idea uh 
I've talked to some people in the in Discord because I'm in a in a Discord server for uh for a, a podcast that talks about this game, but uh there a lot of them are are thinking that this it'll like the Switch version will release along with crossplay. It has uh, to since both of them were released or both of them were revealed to be coming at the same time essentially. Yes. Uh so I feel like that hopefully that ha- as long as there are no any like disease pandemic related delays i'm hoping that's what happens because i need both of them to play <laughs> like i need the switch version to play crossplay with my friends to play the game in earnest so uh fingers crossed that that all comes to fruition uh next month um another game i've been playing recently was uh Rocket League, uh, another cross-platform game. Ironically, we have not. Have we talked about Rocket League on this podcast? I don't think we've ever talked about Rocket League on this podcast before. This is a first. So this welcome first. Rocket League. So welcome Rocket League to the discussion, to yes. our, our to our archive of games that we have at least mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, join us. <laughs> yeah, Rocket League's pretty popular. I, but for those of you Very. who don't know it, uh, just it's basically soccer, but with uh, like remote control cars. Yeah, uh, where uh, you know you got your basic boost, jump, drive around. You can drive on walls and do crazy shit. Uh, it's it's, it's developed into kind of an esport over the last few years. Uh, it's definitely ro- risen in popularity uh, for its competitive oh, it's scene. Yeah, it's big. Uh, in e- it's probably a top five esports here uh, on campus. Actually, uh, they are what inspired me to actually start playing Rocket League again. Is uh, they are hosting. Uh, the the IM League, uh, Intramural Sports League, is holding a two v two tournament. Uh, uh, for the it'd be like a, a paid registration fee, like an official tournament streamed on Twitch, everything. And I was like, oh man, that sounds fun. So I talked to my friend uh, who plays Rocket League uh, very regularly, uh, and we decided like, hey. Uh, are you interested in this? Yeah, we'll we'll practice and we'll train up. Uh, the first few games I got in killed that dream entirely. I am horrible at this game. Rocket League's what? five years old. Wow. What Rocket League? Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. It doesn't feel like it's that old, but it's it's pretty old. Um, but uh, Rocket League has also adopted like the Battle Pass thing that uh, Fortnite and. <laughs> So like it, it's the very much the same situation there. But yeah, no, I suck at Rocket League. Like I am absolutely horrible. Like my friend carries me every game, and I'm pretty sure I'm single handedly responsible for bringing down his uh, his rank a few levels. Uh, but right. it was something that uh, I was playing recently, and you know we've still had some fun while playing it. So that's all that matters. I figured I'd mention it. Um. What else is there? Oh, yes. One more thing. Uh, so this is completely unrelated to pretty much everything we've been talking about, but such is the nature of this show. All right. So uh, hop off the tracks for a little bit. Yeah. So my girlfriend and I were driving in our car to go to Target uh, to get some supplies for our living arrangements. And... I've mentioned to you outside of the show that she does a really damn good Lysithia impression. I have heard. Uh, yes, it's 
it's honestly uncanny. Like it, it's scary. It's very good. And in this car ride, we have now added another character to her uh, repertoire of of voices. Would you like to take a guess at who that is? I had one name pop into my head first. Is it boy or girl? Narrow that down for me. Uh, it is a boy. Oh, a, damn. okay. A male. Um, it's a male character. Lysithia, so... I, I like, don't feel bad if... I really don't expect you to get this. <laughs> like, to do, but... Did did, do. By the way, ha- happy birthday to do. Uh, happy birthday to do, yes. Yes, um... Sylvain? No. It, it's not from Fire Emblem. Oh, jeez. Uh, is it a game I know, though? Oh, yes, yes. Oh. Mario? I, I, I don't know. It's from, it's from Mario. Uh, it's actually Toad. <laughs> Toad? Yeah, this so... Fruition? So... Yeah, I honestly could not tell you how we got into this, but I feel like we were just doing voices in the car because we're maniacs, and she just busted out like the Mario, or like she just did like the high pitched rasp of toe just pierced my ears, and it was like I was hearing it straight from the from the disc of New Super Mario Bros. Wii. I was like, oh my god. Stop! Can we, can, we, can we go back to that for a second? And like she did a few more lines of it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It's so good. so. I just think it's crazy how the juxtaposition of her two uh, voice acting roles of Lysithia and Toad. Every time but, I think of Toad, I just can't help but think of those Toads that you in Paper Mario. They say the most outlandish things. Oh man, I wish they were fully voiced. But, oh my god, it'd be hilarious. But yeah, like she made like the all the sound effects because she's played. Uh, I think the first video game she's ever played was New Super Mario Bros. Wii, uh, back in the day, and she based her uh, her voice off of the uh, the playable Toads in that game. So, uh, she, I, I asked her if I could divulge this information on the podcast, and she said that uh, that was perfectly fine. So, so like I, I have Toad. It's quite the not, duo. Not only do I am I lucky enough to uh, have a gamer girlfriend, but also a voice blessed. actor girlfriend as well. So double I'm blessed, feeling blessed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that is everything that I have. So we Tyler's quick updates. I want to call that because they are quick, but they are effective. Quick. I hope so. <laughs> Dang! All right, so. Yeah, that'll that's do, all I got. That's all you got there. So I guess I'll hop in here for a little bit. So recently I was on Netflix and I was getting tired of watching the same two shows night in and night out. And I got a suggestion to watch a six part documentary based on video games called High Score. And if you are interested, if you listen to this podcast and have Netflix, I highly recommend you check it out because I watched it in its entirety over the weekend and it's just really interesting. It just ta- it just talks about different types of different types of games. They talk to developers of games. They talk to like people who have like won world championships. Like they talk to they talk to the Space Invaders, like national champion. Oh, that's sick! Space Invaders. That's like the first that's... video game like 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 ever on a national stage. Because so awesome. that was a, yeah. So 
I'll just I'll just go over here some quick points from episodes. Episode one, they talk about the birth of Atari, obviously, the birth of arcades, Space Invaders, Pac-Man, and how these students who went to MIT, one was in his final semester of senior year, they all dropped out because they found out how to recode motherboards to add difficulty on the arcade games. And that's how they made oh, their living. And Atari and Atari like bought them out. So I was about to say, imagine like discovering that. Yeah. Like in, you're just in, some college incredible. kids who who just figure out how to do that and no one else does. Yeah, and they interview them and they like yeah, they interview them and they show them they called them enhancement kits and they showed them how they made the kits and put them in the arcades and that's where you get that's where Miss Pac-Man came from. That's how oh, they, they made Miss Pac-Man. What? Yeah, yeah if you guys if you guys can't tell I, I haven't watched this. I don't have uh I, I don't have a TV currently. So So yeah, episode two is everything Nintendo as as it should be. They talk about Donkey Kong and arcades. They talk about the birth of Mario, like the Nintendo Power magazine. Basically how yeah. Nintendo kickstarted an entire revolution of video gaming. You would like episode three, because episode three they talk about role playing games and they talk Ooh. to the inventor of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds like a great episode. <laughs> so they talk about the inventor of Dungeons and Dragons. They talk to the inventor of... Oh, my God. I forget the game, but it's an 80s it's an 80s RPG game. But basically, they talked about how if they didn't have those games, they wouldn't have the RPGs we have now. Oh, and yeah. RPGs no, I feel are, like... And RPGs uh, are awesome. Like, I was about to say, that's how most of this got started. Hang on. I got I got a most of Most of the uh, role-playing experience came from those games. And it's amazing how... Uh, at least Dungeons and Dragons, like and tabletop games of of its kind, are still very popular today. Which you know you wouldn't expect out of a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of concepts like that. But you know they've they've stood the test of time and they still inspire uh, countless projects to this day, which is pretty cool. So you're probably right. So I would I like that episode a lot. Yeah, they they talk to they talk to the inventor of Ultima and how Ultima. if it wasn't for Ultima. They wouldn't have like the RPGs we have now. Episode crea- four, Nintendo the, versus the, cre- the creator of Ultima said this. Yeah, like he said that if they if there was if they went for Ultima, we wouldn't have. I forget they name a game like right after it. That was a big hit. But Final Fantasy, I think they named. If they oh. if it wasn't for Ultima, we wouldn't have Final Fantasy. So uh, patting himself on the back a bit there. It's like, oh yes, I might as well be the creator of Final Fantasy. Exactly, exactly. So episode four, Nintendo versus Sega. Basically, Nintendo, 98% of home consoles were Nintendo in the 90s, course, which is yeah. which is crazy. That's, and why Sega, that's why it's the highest. Is that the highest selling Nintendo console? We talked about that before, right? The Wii is, but or the that, Wii was is. The, that was the NES. So or it, For a while it was, because it was yeah, like one so of the oldest in the, the yeah. market. Yeah, and then they talk about the 16-bit Sega Genesis and the birth of Sonic and how basically Sega tried to make Nintendo look lame and they talk about that console yeah. war in the 90s which was which, which was really cool and mm-hmm. fun fun fact um Kirby is named after a lawyer who won Nintendo a yeah, lawsuit yeah, in stay yeah. in America so I heard about that too shout out to John Kirby episode 5 is about violence in video games aka the birth of Street Fighter Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat hell yeah that's so, what yeah. I know from from that that's what they brought. So Mortal Kombat was the game that got everyone back into the arcades. This the introduction of multiplayer, and they briefly talk about esports. And then the last episode is basically the birth of 3D in games, and they talk to the creators of 
Wolfenstein and Doom. Oh, yeah, those two. Yeah, those two are definitely, like, the birth of probably shooters as we know it, yeah, let alone, like, thre- let alone like 3D shooters. shooters. Yeah. Birth of first-person shooters and PC gaming. So the creators of Doom put, at, put out their own press release saying Doom was going to be, like, change the gaming world before yeah. they even developed the game. <laughs> so Very confident. Also, yeah, so in December, they released in December of 93, Smash hit, and then December of 94, they released copies of the game that you could mod, and that's that was the birth of modding. I was about to say, I, I heard, I definitely know that those two games were good, or, or were uh, very heavily uh, integrated with the modding scene. Uh, I feel like that's, I feel like it was an inspiration for Quake, maybe? I think uh, you're right. Because I know Quake uh, is another very fast-paced first-person shooter uh, with its own set of like community and sports, esports and such. But so uh, that just reminded me of, of that because I always thought Quake looked looked like a, a just a heavily modded Doom. So yes. So yeah, anyway. if any of that interests you, I, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. Those are just kind of the episode summaries. Um, high score on Netflix. It's a limited series, so if you're gonna watch it, make sure you do it soon. All right. You know, and I might actually try and find a way to <laughs> to watch this. Cause so I, yeah, it's super cool. And if maybe if you watch it, maybe we can like debate on one of the episodes. It'd be it'd be a good time. So that is high score on Netflix. So yeah. Uh, um. Now <laughs> you got, got me. Now I gotta find a way. So I'll find a yeah. way to do that. Damn, I don't have anything uh, else. Uh, I I forgot something. Uh, okay, uh, I have some Pokemon Masters stuff. Ah, yes, the, the Pokemon. All right, uh, the Pokemon. Uh, yeah, I was about to say I might as well talk about everything that's been happening in Pokemon, but it's really like there's nothing really since the last <laughs> episode. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing really has been going on. I don't think. I know a new competitive uh, VGC series is coming out soon. Uh, okay. So like with with different like Pokemon allowed and such, mm-hmm. uh, and my Discord is very excited about that. I think a new TCG series is also coming out, uh, possibly coinciding with that. I'm not exactly sure how that process works, but I know there's been a lot of chatter in the Discord for that. Um, Pokemon Go Mega Evolution was just uh, added, so you know there are now Mega Mega raids. Uh, you have like Mega Stone shards. I think uh, I'm still currently in the midst of it, so I don't know the whole uh, story. But uh, that is something that is going on. But Pokemon Masters just received its um, one-year anniversary update, uh, which I talked about previously on the last episode. And it includes uh, Sync. So it includes a new event called Training with the Legends, where... uh, Blue, Red, and Leaf, all in their new flashy Cigna suits. Uh, you know, they give you a series of challenges that you can battle through to get some uh, some materials to buy some rare items in the shop. Uh, they added the Champions Cup, which I talked about last episode, where the Kanto Elite Four and Champion are available to battle, and in this is probably one of the harder challenges in the game. Uh, uh, the DNA in Pokemon Masters are 
pretty good at adding like very challenging uh, content to the game, which is always nice. Uh, it just sucks that with the stamina system, you can't always do, or you don't always have the resources <laughs> to sustain that because of because you might need to level up certain people, and when you can't. But anyway, just being salty at this point. Uh, yeah. So, with how the Champions Arena works is that you assemble fifteen sync pairs, so five teams of three. So you have you know three uh, sync pairs per battle since it's the Elite Four and Champion. Uh, and how it works is if a sync pair has participated in a battle, it can no longer be used uh, in any other Elite Four Champion battle. So, like, regardless of if it fainted or, like, how much health it had left, it just cannot be used after it has already completed a battle. So, that kind of sucks for me, because I just use Red for everything, because he's just stupid broken. Uh, especially now with his new six-star form, where uh, his sync move now hits every Pokemon on the field, which is insane. But that's good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they added that. So that's pretty cool. They added the Cygnus suit, uh, blue and leaf, which are new Cygnus suit red was already in the game, but they added all three of them back, uh, into the rotation in order to be able to be pulled from, uh, sync bear scouts. I, I spent all the gems I had saved up on getting, on trying to get a leaf, uh, leaf and Venusaur, is the uh, is the sync pair, and I finally got it today, uh, and I was super happy about that. Uh, she's super strong, and her design is really cool. Uh, what else was added? I, I believe there isn't much else. I believe that's the main gist of it. So yeah, the the three or the two new sync pairs, and then the return of sync of uh, Signa Suit Red, the Champions Arena, and. Oh, they increased the level cap to 125 instead of 120, so you can power up your sync pairs uh, even more for that. I believe that's everything for that game that probably I'm the only one who cares about at this point. So <laughs> You're the only one in the world who plays it. I mean, honestly, if you guys, if any of you in the audience, uh, especially since we've uh, seen a little bit of a growth, uh, a bit a noticeable growth in the podcast, which is always great to see, Yes. Uh, if any of you do play this game, uh, let us know. You can DM us on, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, send us an email. Uh, something of the sort. I'm very curious to see how many people actually play this game and if I should even bother doing this segment anymore. <laughs> to be, <laughs> able, to be quite honest. Uh, but what it did do is buy us about 10 extra minutes of time. So uh, did you find something else to talk about in that 10 minutes while I was rambling on. I um, did. Mr. Colby, you did. I did. So it served its purpose after all. It did. It, it fulfilled its <laughs> dying wish. So I have made an executive decision to try to 100% every single area in Paper Mario. That sounds difficult. It is. And in doing so, I came across an article that has nothing to do with what I just said, but... Okay. Paper Mario producer says his team has almost complete control over the creative direction. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on. So Miyamoto had zero creative input on the latest Paper Mario game. The only thing he 
would check on is character design. That's literally it. So, I don't know and, if that's a good or bad thing, considering how my feelings about the game. <laughs> so, pa- yeah, Paper Mario the Origami King is actually a quite controversial game because people have some problems with the story, have people have the problem with the writing, the direction. So, I'll just read some of it here, and we can we can discuss it as we close here. So, mm-hmm. since the release of Paper Mario the Origami King for Nintendo Switch, uh. Yeah, the main producer has been doing the press rounds answering questions about the future of the series and clarifying how much control his team has. He made it clear that there have been some restrictions in place since the release of Sticker Star and previously touched on Miyamoto's request from Color Splash, but since then the team has almost all had complete control over the creative direction. Here's the quote. Ever since Paper Mario Color Splash, we have almost complete control over the creative direction of the game. Mr. Miyamoto checked in on development once or twice, but there are no specific requests to make changes. However, all character designs have to have to pass a check by our IP team, which is pretty strict. Nonetheless, we were allowed to change the office for some toes in the game. So about so so Miyamoto is the reason that we don't have like very unique looks, I guess, for many characters and how they're all like strictly vanilla Mario designs. Yeah, there's no real character that stands out. Yeah, because they don't because they aren't like like very I guess variations on a, like a normal enemy like in previous Mario games, especially Thousand Year Door. Uh, it's just Bob Om. Uh, yeah. Do you get any other followers in the game, or is it just Bob Om? Kamek, you get Kamek. You get Kamek a- as well. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's he's pretty funny actually. So okay, I mean the writing the writing is like a hit or miss. It's just based on which character is talking essentially. Uh, even then, like I think we've come to a consensus that Olivia is probably like a meh on the writing, but Olivia, she still has Olivia's, she still has good moments though. Like she still has good lines. Yeah, she does. Uh, I think Bomb-On's a really good character. I like the way I, I like both Kamek and Bomb-On. They're pretty good. Uh, Luigi kind of gets annoying after a while. Bowser's really well written. Bowser's uh, I, very. I mean, but yeah, but you don't really see Bowser that often, do you? You see him for about of the thirty-five hours I've played it. You team up with him for about forty-five minutes. Why is he even here? Like what? <laughs> so you, yeah, you only see Bowser after you complete the last streamer, and then you yeah, have, then you do the final. So you see level. him at the beginning, so, and then you never see him again. So, yeah, that opening scene where you free him from Peach's castle, you you guys split up and you don't see him for another, you don't see him for the any of the rest of the streamers, and then you free the last streamer, you get him on your team, you do the last level and the game ends. Oh my god. You yeah, you do use Bowser in the final boss though, which is pretty cool. So I'll read that's, some comments under cool. this article because like a Mario Odyssey. Exactly. All right, so the first comment. Then it should be taken away. Paper Mario should go back to its roots. Once A once in-depth RPG in the Mario universe. Now it's just very easy gameplay tied around good writing. They could easily pump out another one in the same graphics engine with a tighter combat system and more rewarding RPG subsystems. I wouldn't say the game is, like, super, like, baby easy or anything. Like, I still think it's it provides relative challenge. It does, but the combat system gets annoying after. I was about a while. the combat system gets annoying. That's the thing. Like it just it just takes so long, and it's not really enjoyable. You're not really doing much. No. Like, I don't think I'm a person who plays Mystery Dungeon, so you don't really need to spice up the gameplay too often in order to make yeah. like the gameplay likable, in my opinion. But I don't know. It just didn't hit right. You know, it just yeah. felt strange. I think I agree with them because we're we're both in agreement that the game looks really good. Like the engine served its purpose. Yeah, I mean, 
I feel like we talked about this point as well, but I feel like people are getting uh, are getting confused as to why they're doing like all these paper craft mechanics because Paper Mario originally, at least what I've seen some people say, the concept of Paper Mario is more of like a storybook come to life feel, mm-hmm. not like physical paper. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, they're really. Because now I got, you know, Sticker Star, Color Splash, Origami King. Like, they're focusing more on the literal paper aspect of these games rather than the stories that, like, the stories that inspired the original, I think. Yeah, maybe the developers and the creative team are getting, they're getting the theme twisted. Like, the theme isn't paper. That's just the look. That's just... In the, that's just telling the audience and the fans that this isn't your a, typical Mario game. This isn't your typical Mario game. And from what I understand, Thousand Year Door and the original Paper Mario have incredible storylines. Yeah, from what I've heard, they have very in-depth storylines for the individual characters uh, and a good overall story. Uh, I think you know Super Paper Mario wasn't the most well-received Paper Mario game, but I believe the story of that game uh, is what is what people most highly covet as the best part about that game. Uh, and even then, they, they weren't really dipping into, like, the literal paper mechanic aspect of of the design. So, I, I don't know. I can't say for sure, because I've never played Thousand Year Door. Uh, the, most re- the only two Paper Mario games I've played are Super Paper Mario and uh origami king so i'm just kind of go gauging uh and you know giving educated guesses based on uh the fan response yeah it's like we get it we know that it's paper like mario is literally like a 2d character everything is paper around but that was never understand i was gonna say that was never the original draw of those games though yeah that's not that's not the main concept that's not the main point yeah which is what i think the developers and which I think the creative team, since they're kind of going off on their own, like maybe they have strayed away from that, which isn't necessarily a good thing because, you know, fans in these comments, these comments are not happy, Tyler. So here, we'll read, yeah. we'll read one more long one. Okay. I thought it was bland. Most of the elemental powers were old cap. <laughs> At points, it felt like they're, I was just trying to finish it. I didn't expect any surprises. And thanks to the trailer, there were very few. The order of events was pretty repetitive with some variety. The battles become something I wanted to avoid, which I agree with. When it was all over, I felt let down by how much the worlds felt empty and how platonic, devoid of excitement the whole thing felt overall. I guess the craft characters just reminded me of school, and the helper character felt frumpy. That's a word. The story frumpy. could have been more compelling. There were a couple highlights of what felt like a compelling story, but knowing how much status quo was at work lowered my expectations and made me notice how, mu- how much nothing was going on. I got my money's worth of $40. It would have been fair. I wish I could unbuy it, so my non-buy, so my non-buy could vote for an RPG treatment instead of what we got, which was meh. Very in-depth comment. I was about to say that, like that was pretty good criticism, I think. Yeah, no, I think all that's fair. Yeah, I, that, I, I, think so. I, I definitely, by like the end of the first stream, like I get it, like I really don't want to run into any upon enemies if I have. Like, to. I don't. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you there. I mean, as someone who, ha, you know who was not strong enough and just dropped and just like stopped playing the game. Uh, I, I can feel the, you know, the reasons to, to, you know, to stop. I, I understand that. I don't know. I mean, 
I feel like this is a pretty divisive one because the game. I don't think the game is bad. It's not good, know? but I don't think it's bad either. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not good. It's not bad, and I feel like a lot of Paper Mario, like a lot of people, might be like, "All right, that's fine by me." But mm-hmm. it's fun. Uh, I I think it's cause fun because I've seen videos like, "Oh, Paper Mario is good again," or more of this. Like it seems to be pretty divisive. Yeah. But there is still a pretty big like in the middle category, like uh, you and uh, me and uh, the reviewers that were kind of listening so far. We they all of our opinions kind of seem to be uh, a bit conflicted themselves and in, in the middle of, of things. So uh, yeah, I think we'll have to see if we'll have to see if the team considers this a success or not when all is said and done. Like uh, on review, well, yeah. They're going to look at one thing, and that's sale numbers. If, of course, yeah. If, so. they hit, if they hit their quota, they'll consider it a, sex, no, a success, no matter what the fan base is screaming or pondering about. But I mean, obviously. the game is the game is fun. What's keeping me keep playing is it sounds it's a small thing, but I really do think the completion percentage on the home, on the main menu is a that, big reason why I'm still playing. Does that say that motivates you? Yeah, it, de- does, it, it feel, does. Does it feel attainable? Some of the I had to look up some of the locations because they're just like impossible to find. So yeah, it, but in traditional paper, in traditional Mario, fa- just Mario fashion in general, like completing the game and finding every little collectible is really hard to do. And I was watching the completionist about he, he was talking about Super Mario. You can only one hundred percent the game if you don't use a battle accessory, if you don't spend any coins in battle, and if you don't die at all. That is considered a one hundred percent completion. Does the game track that? Yeah, so... So you have to play all over again? You have to play all over again if you do not complete those quotas. And find every little collectible and everything. So, and here's your reward. So I did it without using any battle accessories, and I got a gold stamp on my profile. That's about all. You already replayed the entire game again? No, so I beat the main game without using any battle accessories. Like, I, I did that did? on my first... Yeah, I played that on my first go. I didn't oh. use any battle accessories. And okay. I got a gold stamp on my profile. I'm like, awesome. I have no Great. incentive to go and restart this, but... Uh, tweet that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So literally, once I once I exhaust every single area in that game, I'm kind of just going to be done with it. But, you know, I thought that was interesting because... I, I it's the first time I've read of a creative team having complete control of a At game. At least in this sense, you know, and you know that's a it's a good thing. It's a good thing to give the, you know, to give a lot of creative freedom. I think at least that's a consensus among, you know, the, uh, you know, the players. I feel yes, you know, get, you know give yes. give the people who make the game a chance to be creative, and I feel like now that you say that, I can pinpoint a few instances where. I feel like that came into play. Yeah. So it's just kind of, it's kind of strange how you know the full package still kind of ended up being what it was. It yeah, not nothing that it's nothing that people are raving about. That's true. I've seen tweets where people are like, "Paper Mario should be in consideration for Game of the Year," and like other tweets where it was like, "This game stinks out loud." Like it's really kind of split. I was about to say. So I was about to say. I guess they kind of half accomplished their goal. Yeah, but again, it's a business, so the only thing they're going to look at is the sales. How much did the game sell? Which I so, still feel like that made. I feel like the sales still may justify uh, a change, but then again, 
a lot of factors will probably increase that being how the switch just how the switch itself is so popular will probably draw some people to the game how it's the first paper mario in a while may draw some returning fans to the game so yeah just gonna have to wait and see uh you'll probably that might as well be a catchphrase of ours uh on this show at least uh, definitely in this day and age there's not a whole lot else you can do but wait and see what happens yeah, I'm just just to close out. I'm kind of just looking at the consensus reviews. Seven out of ten on IGN. Uh, Google scores have it at a four point Like it's pretty split. So yeah, man, there's a wide again. This game casts a wide range of of response. Yeah, there's no real wrong answer, which is you don't get that a ton in the gaming. So in the gaming uh, world, it's a very interesting so, game for sure. Yeah, unless you have anything to add. Ooh, I I don't. <laughs> I think I, All right. that's everything. Then that is going to conclude episode four of season two of the Switch It Up podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, as Tyler said earlier, we are seeing some growth, which is very nice. And if you guys have any other recommendations or suggestions for the show, we are all ears. So if you want, you can follow the page on Twitter at Switch Up Pod, Instagram, Switch It Up Podcast. All these will be in the description below. Yes. Uh, personally, you can follow me on, on Instagram and Twitter at Colby underscore Moyer. Uh, personally, you can follow me on Instagram at tsamsel11 and on Twitter at Tyler Samsel. Uh, you can, uh, if you have any questions about the show or any suggestions, you can email us at Colby. What is it again? I forget. Uh, switch it up. Switch up podcast at gmail.com. That'll also be in the description. That'll also be in the description anyway. So I don't even know why I bothered embarrassing myself there. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, you know telling your friends about the podcast. Uh, we, you know, it really warms our hearts seeing uh, seeing how many people actually do listen to the podcast. Uh, so I just want to thank you all uh, to the new people. Welcome. Uh, we hope you uh, will stick around uh, to listen to more of our ramblings each week, and we really appreciate it. Uh, we hope you find some enjoyment in it. And with all that being said. Uh, Thank you guys so much. We love you guys, and we will see you next week. We hope you wait and see with us, gamers. Have a good one.